All right, so 1689 Saturday. Uh, stay with us. All right, I have a feeling that maybe um, something amazing might happen. I have it's just a tingly feeling that something on this episode is going to be totally amazing. I just want to speak that over you right now. I feel like there's going to be two paths ahead of us. I feel like one of the paths yeah. will go well and the other path will not. I feel and it's up to you to decide which path you want to go on. Right, right, right. I feel like maybe one of those paths might potentially be something that I'm maybe potentially willing to yeah, the other one I'm going to shelf for now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was profound. That could happen. Yeah. Yeah. What are some awesome prophecies, like little P prophecies that have been spoken over you? Uh, oh, well, my, my personal favorite, I'm still holding out for this one. Is it you're going to be a prophetic dancer? To crowds of millions. What's that? Sorry, say again. You cut out. I would speak. I would preach to crowds of, of millions <sighs> with a holy boldness. <laughs> I remember that one. I remember that one. I remember you were so excited about that. I was so excited. Oh man, I, I got thought, I got that one man, too though. You know, I had a great sounds <laughs> like. I, I always knew I was special. That I had some sort of. <laughs> I remember like came out how God's got this like really special plan for me. And I was I was really starting to believe it. Like I am so special, and then you came along and everyone started to say the same thing about you. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so they now they're two special guys. And then yeah, like oh, come on, man, I was the special one. And then that other little chump guy that started to join our gang, he also got it said over him. And I'm like, yeah. oh, come on. <laughs> And I remember there was one, there was one dude, um, and he was he was really gutted because like he he just planted this church and and it you know wasn't growing very fast and eventually left it because he just said you know I'm it, it wasn't worthy of him. Right. Oh, I remember that guy. Yeah, he got the Do red you remember hair. that dude? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't remember the color of his hair. To yeah, be fair. I remember. But like, I just, yeah. I just thought to myself, man, you've just, you've just, like, I can't believe how upfront you're being about your hair. I totally, I remember that very, very clearly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, that is actually one of the days when I started to. It really cut deep, I suppose. I started to think, what is going on over here? This guy's holding yeah. on to something that God has given him to to totally ditch the local church because he is not, you know. Um, Boy. Last time I was there, they had this whole, it was like a whole Sunday on releasing you from unfulfilled prophecies. Are you serious? I'm serious. Yeah. Wow. Like, you know, some people are bound by these unfulfilled prophecies that Isn't were, amazing? you know, false prophecies and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So they have to have like a whole ministry of kind of setting yeah. you free from the false expectations of false it's so it, it's a messy system yeah but and that to be fair doesn't represent the best of no. continuations but it's but. also hard to see how it wouldn't if you took it seriously because at some level your heart is going to be bound by these things I mean, even if you're only picking and choosing the ones you want and the ones you know that don't feel right to you um you know yeah. it's, it's all good and well to say hey maybe maybe this maybe maybe but at the end of the day, like you, you are going to be bound to it at some level. And, and that's just a different thing from binding yourself, your conscience to the word only. Um, 
So, yeah, what we're talking about, if you're just uh, sort of tuning into this, is, and we started this on Thursday, so go back and check that one out, but just talking about cessationism and what it means and what it doesn't mean. And um, and we are both cessationists, and uh, we, were, we were both charismatic at one point. So, you know, uh, we, we've got a fair degree of insight on Reminiscing. Uh, yeah. But so, let me give some more, some more kind of spooky examples, because okay. this is, I think, where the... So obviously, yeah, where uh, you know it's there are people who are having visions of Christ, and that is uh, the fact I are converting to Christ in the Arab world. And this doesn't come to us through sort of wacky sources. These are sort of conservative missionary organisations who report these things. This is just a widespread. So that, that just, um, but like other examples at a more personal level, um, you know, I've had things maybe step back and, wow, like, uh, sitting down at my desk, it's lunchtime. I was just, you know, I was praying. I was giving thanks for my for my lunch. I mean, suddenly I just felt pray for a particular friend of mine. It was a mm-hmm. bit random, but I prayed and I felt compelled to pray for protection. This is all just going on in my head, sort of emotionally. The thing wasn't a, a uh, wasn't a Christian, and so saying you know keep them safe until their conversion kind of thing, and then um, later I just and it turns out that at the exact moment when I prayed for them, they were in a car crash, but uh, was like very very close to being a very serious car crash, right. and turned out to just be like. like a, like a due to insurance or anything kind of thing where I'm right. thinking, well, that's extraordinary timing. Yeah. So how is the cessationist? Do we deal with that? Yes. Good. Um, yeah. The more positive side uh, is important as well in that uh, this is where Grudem is helpful. And this is where I think, you know, a lot of the charismatic experience is helpful and perhaps has forced us to deal with, with um, things that are properly part of the Christian life. Um, but that, you know, perhaps we hadn't have thought, well about a year. I mean, I'm thinking probably the most, at least amongst Reformed Baptists and that sort of thing. I mean, you've got a few Puritan examples of, of Puritans doing, you know, Luther even at the Reformation, um, uh, John Huss uh, just, uh, you know, saying things that are that seem to be uh, inspired in some way. They seem to be supernatural in some way. And we can only really tell that in hindsight. But, um, you know, that reality remains. Uh, may- maybe one of the most credible Reformed Baptist examples is Charles Spurgeon. We, um, we, we have many instances of him doing what the charismatics today kind of want to do, except he does it better and he does it more more profoundly and, you know, really some pretty miraculous things going on there uh, with Spurgeon if you read through his life. Yet, at the same time, if you sat Spurgeon down and asked him, you know, are you charismatic? Do you believe that that what you did there was the gift of knowledge or word of knowledge or prophecy? And uh, he would say, no, I'm a cessationist. And he'd have really the very doctrine that we've worked out in, 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 um, in Thursday um, on, on, on the map for him. He would, he would hold to those very things. He would hold to Article 1 of the Confession. And so uh, the reality is you, you then left with this question, well, what is that? What, you know, are we to, every time something amazing happens, are we to just sort of cast that off and say, well, that can't happen because we're cessationists in Article 1? And, 
And of course, that's not the goal either. Um, but there is this category that has, I think, long been forgotten that um, that uh, needs to be brought back into place. And that's this category of extraordinary providence. And you, you have ordinary providence just being like the way God amazingly does all things that he does, uh, but he does it through ordinary means. And then extraordinary providence, just allowing that category for God to do things, whatever he wants to do, really. And certainly mm-hmm. that's the realm of the, of the miraculous. Uh, but it could include things that we can't explain, but yet in hindsight are able to give God the glory in. Um, but even at that point, that's very different from, from what a prophet is required to do and uh, what we know a prophet was required to do. And, um, you know, that's not, it's, it's what we're saying here is always something in hindsight versus something that is going to be, uh, you know, thus saith the Lord, which is um, important to spell out. So, yeah, I don't want to come up with a version of Christianity where nothing supernatural can happen, where actually we're just functional secularists. Yeah. Um, you know, lives that's going to going to show itself in promptings and convictions about things, in um, feelings about things, in um, you know, sort of mysterious insights into things. All this is is true, but it's just it's very different mm-hmm. to what was happening in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. It's the it's part of the normal life of the Christian, if you like. But yeah. it's it's like you say, it falls into God's uh, dealings with. You know, so, and just says, you know, via text message, and just says, "Hey, I was I was thinking of you today, and just uh, or reading this in my quiet time, and thought thought of you, so I thought I'd send it to you." Yeah, and and like that thing might you know and deeply just, impact that person. I mean, you might have you know that scripture being a word in season, or that word being just amazingly insightful, and even just un, you know impossible for for normal levels of insight. And, and, you know, amen. So give God glory for that because it's happened. You know, you, you don't have to deny the experience itself. But at that level, like no one is adding to the word. And it certainly isn't prophecy. You know, it's certain. And maybe the one little thing we haven't touched on here is like, what about word of knowledge, word of wisdom and all that sort of thing? And, and I mean, often that's what it boils down to. We, we end up, um, you know, a lot of the charismatic guys I talk to will end up wanting to term it with something a little bit more obscure in that sense, like prophecies too well mapped out in the Bible to, to let that be what it is. And, and, and so word of wisdom, like no one really knows what that is anyway. And uh, so let's, let's just like, that sounds like a word of wisdom and that sounds like a word of knowledge. So let's call it that. Now I get the approach and I think it's better to do it. I, I better to call it those things than, than prophecy because you run into all the dangerous uh, deals that way. But at the same time, um, I, for me, that's just a dangerous hermeneutic. You can't take something obscure like that, like that no one really knows exegetically what it is and just pin a whole experience to it. I mean, that's just bound for trouble, um, especially when you've got like Chrysostom in the third century who, who you know, was very, very close, closer than we are to what was going on in that, um, that uh, apostolic church situation. And, uh, and even he at that point says, let's be honest, guys. You know, what Paul's talking about here happening in the church, like no one has a clue what that is. No one, no one that we know even has a clue what that is. And so these are guys that are not willing to let things like that just happen and pass, you know, that pass by those areas of scripture without saying something about. And yet, um, 
they're just not even willing to comment. So I think it's dangerous for us to like what uh, it's you know nearly two thousand years later from that point um, come in with our very very confident hey that's uh, what 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 just happened there is actually what was the word of knowledge or word of uh, wisdom in the Corinthian church. You know, it's just, you've got to feel the disconnect at that point. So it's safer, in my opinion, to, to say, well, it is from God and it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. In hindsight, we can affirm that. And, you know, why do we have to give it a, a label when the Bible doesn't? Let's just call it God's working. And, and it's extraordinary. And uh, to the degree that it is or it isn't that thing that was mentioned in the New Testament, well, you know, it's 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 unsafe for us to conclude that it is, and it's really irrelevant, you know, even if it isn't. So it, it's still a, a legitimate activity. Um, and you get rid of all the danger that way, and you embrace all the good stuff, um, which is, you know, so much better, I think. I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, solid. Good. And so, you know, read through church history and see those things, and don't feel like you have to, like, deny, you know, uh, the the amazing statements that some of these Puritans made, or or uh, Charles Spurgeon's miraculous elements of his ministry, or even just the the way that God has used you know charismatic Pentecostal guys. There might well be instances missionaries, for example, where pretty amazing things have happened. Um, amen. You know, you're not Absolutely. bound to believe them. You're not. You're certainly not obligated. Your your conscience is bowed to the word of God alone. But there's nothing in the word that would prohibit. God from doing those things if those things were not bringing any challenge to the canon and in hindsight, you know, in line with everything we know to be true of the word. Um, and so, yeah, resist the urge yeah. to call it what it isn't. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what I'm right. That's good. Excellent. Well, hey, uh, let's let's keep this. We had a long week and um, this is that's a good quick wrap up to Thursday's conversation. Um, so thanks for joining us on that. Uh, tomorrow is Sunday. Go to church, um, even if it's a charismatic church. I will <laughs> I will grant Amen. that concession. Go get it done. Go to church. Uh, go hear the gospel. Go participate in the sacrament. Uh, at some point, Andrew and I want to talk about uh, really the the whole pietistic versus church-centered approach to to uh, the Christian life. And, and we'll come back to that at some point. But for tomorrow, go to church and get some. Uh, thanks, bro, for joining us. That's a pleasure.